Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Pokemon Red slash Blue for the Game Boy. Well, we've finally done it, friends. We're here talking about Pokemon. A little-known game franchise. Yes, and you know, really, the main reason we're doing it is not because everyone asked for it, but this <laughs> way we can safely cover Pokemon Pinball, and we won't be confused or lost. <laughs> uh, I know Nick's really looking forward to that in the future. Oh, give it to me, baby. But no, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming, and while this is at the very edge of the threshold for RPGs, we're almost encroaching on OG RPG territory. <laughs> I think this one deserves to be talked about in the general show because it is such a huge phenomenon in the world of games. It absolutely is. And while it may have just passed us, you know, when it came out, we were a little too old for it. And we'll get to that, I'm sure, at some point. You know, it is a franchise that just keeps rolling on popular games every few years. Oh, yeah. So as we talk about this game over the month, we are not going to go in our normal episode order. Uh, we're going to break up a lot of our segments across many different episodes. So that way you're not stuck in just one long chunk of a, the same segment every sounds, time. Yeah, sounds like a plan. So without further ado, let's get into it. Pokemon Red and Green were developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo in Japan in February on the 27th in 1996. This game was designed by Satoshi Tajiri, and uh, he, before this, directed the Yoshi puzzle game for the Nintendo. Oh, sure. Okay. And a game called Mario and Wario, which I'm so bummed I've never played. What is that for? The Super Nintendo. It is a puzzle game, puzzle action game, that utilizes the mouse as its only input. Ooh. Wow, that's awesome. I would like to play that. Agreed. It looks really it looks really fun. Uh, and sadly, you know, there wasn't the penetration of that mouse in time for it to be useful here. Yeah, I had it doggone it. You know, I can't believe I didn't, but I wish I did. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've owned it by playing enough mini games in the WarioWare series. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, Satoshi started Game Freak as a fanzine self-printed and stapled together in 1981 and it ran to 1986 wow yeah and it was basically a fanzine that focused on arcade games since the right. you know the craze was the arcade at the time and it featured like strategies on how to get high scores how to beat games secrets that were in the games and stuff like that that's awesome indeed but before that as a little child satoshi was an avid bug collector hmm and it was it was called dr bug by the other <laughs> kids that's awesome yeah, he wanted to be an entomologist when he grew up until the arcade craze took over. And it really affected not only, you know, his interests, but his schoolwork. His parents thought he was going to be like a ruffian or something. <laughs> All that rough bug collecting. Well, the problem was, is that he would often skip school to go play yeah. arcade games and do research for his zine. Mm -hmm. So he actually had to do makeup classes to get his degree, his diploma. Oh, wow. And unlike a lot of people in the game industry, he did not go to college. He went to a trade school. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that for bug collecting? No. Bug trading? Perhaps. Uh, at some point, he and Ken Sugimori, and we'll talk about him in a future episode a lot more, uh, they taught themselves how to program 
using a book that was about programming for the Famicom. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, they actually then started making Famicom games, working with third-party licensing and getting the notoriety of Nintendo themselves. And that's when Game Freak became a game-making studio, not just a game zine. Right on. Now, in 1990, uh, Satoshi says he came up with the idea for Pokemon, the game. And Uh once he saw the Game Boy and the Link Cable, he realized that would be the perfect place for it because you can actually trade things with that. Yeah, yeah. And they took this uh, game concept with some art and some other things to Nintendo. And Nintendo liked the idea a lot, but like wasn't fully confident in their ability to make this game Uh or that this game was going to be a good idea in the first place. Sure. And instead of producing outright, Shigeru Miyamoto offered a bit of a mentorship role to Satoshi Mm -hmm. and to help him bring the idea to fruition. Nice. Not a bad deal for Mr. Satoshi there. No, not at all, man. (laughs) Exactly. They then worked on this game at Game Freak for six years. Wow. I mean, yeah, it was a very long, very troubled production. It almost b- bankrupted the company. They lost a lot of employees. Satoshi himself like stopped taking a salary for like the past, like the final like year or two. Oh, wow. Because they couldn't afford to, and he didn't want to lose any more of his employees. And actually, the company was saved by Creature Incorporated. They gave them a bunch of money, or at least enough money, to keep afloat until the game got published. Right. No. And Creatures, Inc., interestingly enough, is a company made up of former ape employees okay and they're the ones that did earthbound okay okay so they're in that nintendo wheelhouse i think that's why Mm -hmm. they had a soft spot for him in this game like they they knew that this could be something big yeah yeah and that's just a cool thing to do well it's not just a cool thing to do they also got a third of the licensing rights to pokemon i'm sure they're doing fine yeah so that might have been the greatest decision they ever made right there yeah that's like uh george lucas and steven spielberg's bet or whatever with yeah. Star Wars and Close Encounters of Third Kind, where it's like, what is uh, Spielberg gets like 1% of, is it the merchandising or, or something from, you know what I mean, where it was way more, that Star 1% Wars, yeah. was way more than any money he would made off of Close Encounters. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, George Lucas changed the entire industry and in licensing rights, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, it was uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's idea, though, to split this game into two different cartridges. Mm-hmm. And not just to make double the money when kids want to buy both versions. Right. But because it really fosters a trading atmosphere. If you can't get every Pokemon in one cart, you're going to have to find someone to trade with. Yeah. And Japan is a much more urban and centralized country. Oh, yeah. There are many more people taking trains together, things like that. So there are a lot more opportunities to trade with other people uh, in that country than there would be, say, in rural America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not long after this game was released, a few months later, as a special mail-in giveaway in a magazine, but then I think at the end of the year, anyone could purchase it, they released a third version of the game, a blue cartridge. Yeah. So red is, of course, Charmander, uh-huh. green being Bulbasaur, and the blue had Squirtle on it. Okay, yeah. And- or actually, I think Blastoise. Well, they're more intense forms. Yeah. And the blue version actually was a upgraded version of the game. Okay. You could still trade with the other ones, but it had a lot of the glitches fixed in the game. Okay. A lot of okay. tweaks to the sound, to different uh, phrasing of words and stuff. But most importantly, it also changed the graphics where it gave better sprites to all the front facing graphics in the game or all the monsters. Okay. Okay. And then it is this version in a way, and we'll get to that in another episode that is the <laughs> basis of the worldwide releases. 
Yeah. It's this artwork, this storyline, etc. But when they did go for the worldwide releases, they used the original uh, dispersal from Red and Green. Right, right. So, okay, yeah. And uh, sadly, this game was not very popular in Japan. and uh, <laughs> Or anywhere it, else. It's kind of weird that we're covering it now. <laughs> no, and that's it for the Japanese origins of this game. And as we mentioned earlier, we're going to kind of break up the history amongst various episodes here in Pokimei. Yeah. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Pokemon? Pokemon is a, well, it's an RPG. Um, I it is. To recall a, a debate about it, I, not that I was ever involved in it, but reading about it on the internet for many years, and I never really had played it much before now, but I, I don't understand how you would even, like, it is an RPG. Yeah, I mean, it does do some new things in the RPG space. You know, that, sure. I mean, at least we're new to most people. And that is that, you have a party that instead of being characters you find or start with, they are creatures that you collect throughout the world. Yeah. And you can change your party whenever you want, and you can get new creatures or new people in this party whenever you encounter them. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a huge you know, change of pace for most RPGs, but that I, doesn't yeah. make it not an RPG. Yeah, well, and very few RPGs just use the same system. Even, you know, like think about Final Fantasy. It's like every game or at least every franchise, they you always want to have your own little unique kind of take on the mechanics, I guess, or at least somewhat. You don't have to, of course, but... Yeah, and I, you know, I did enough research trying to decipher what the differences between the three carts in Japan were. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I didn't go deep enough to figure out what came first over there, but I do know that in Japan around this time, there were a lot more games that featured, you know, collectible monsters or creatures or... You know, there was the, I remember reading in Nintendo Power, there was a game where you scanned barcodes with your Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, I, I And like those that. created enemies or monsters. Uh, the PlayStation had the one that you would put in random CDs to generate monsters. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a thing, you know, like the Tamagotchi craze, you know, that stuff had landed already around the same time as, as Pokemon. So I think that was A, a sign of the time, and B, probably part of the reason I skipped over this series mm-hmm. I was thinking it was just like oh that's uh, one of these little toys for babies or something you know right because as a teenager you would never be caught dead with any sort of pocket device with a creature in it nick oh no not a digimon or anything that we pretended were pagers so that we wouldn't be <laughs> chastised at king's island or anywhere secretly doing battles in the library oh yes Now, as you said, this is a role-playing game, so movement is your standard role-playing fare. It is a top-down perspective, and you play as the main character. Well, you name your main character, but if not, you are blue, right? Oh, I don't know. I thought your name was Ash. Isn't it Ash and Gary by default? Is it? Or is that just from the cartoon? Now, in the Japanese version, it is Satoshi and and Shigeru. Oh, that's cute. I guess... When I ask my son later, he will give me the correct answer and I'll bring it up in the future episode. Corrections to be had. But of course, uh, you know, if you're cool, you rename your character with whatever handle you use. But I do like the fact that you also get to name the rival. Yeah. So it is, was, of course, yeah. I went with uh, my old handle. My son was interested that I pulled slack out of nowhere, but it's just because it's the only thing that fit. Oh, OK. OK. I think I just see. I, I think I left mine as Gary, but I don't remember. 
or if I named oh, I didn't. that? Or... I made sure to change mine to Ninjack. Oh. <laughs> that way I got to feel like I was beating you every time. I, I beat would him. cheat. I would find a way to cheat. And uh, you do get things later on that augment your movement. Get a bike. Uh-huh. Speeds you up. And you get special powers that allow you to move freely through other areas. But for the most part, you're going to be very slowly walking around in the four cardinal directions as your little guy. Yeah, uh, you go, you visit plenty of towns and there's always routes in between the towns that you walk down. And I do like that the game never changes perspective, really. You just walk out of the town and you're immediately in the terrain. It doesn't zoom out like in a standard RPG world. I agree. I, I really do like that a lot. But beyond that, this game is really about the Pokemon that it is named for. Oh, yeah. And in this game, you collect Pokemon. They are creatures that ex- exist in this world. You're mm-hmm. given your very first one. You choose one of three. Uh-huh. And and from that point on, you must use a special item, Pokeballs, to capture more Pokemon. Yes. Wild Pokemon that you find out in areas with high grass, usually, or in caves and such. Mm-hmm. The wild areas. Yeah, yeah. And you also will be battling other Pokemon trainers, but you cannot steal their Pokemon. No. In the wild, you're only battling Pokemon one-on-one. There's one Pokemon versus you and your squad, but when you battle other Pokemon trainers or people in the world, they can have up to the same number of Pokemon that you do. Yes, which is six tops. It is. I am well aware. I had to make six Pokeballs for Halloween last year. (laughs) You got to stay faithful, you know. Well, you know, my daughter was a Pokemon trainer and wanted to make sure that in her self-designed costume, she had all the balls accessible on her belt. I don't blame her one bit. I am a fan of the quick change and reload. (laughs) Now, let's talk about the Pokemon because, well, they're the main part of this game. Yes, they are. And there's a lot to talk about here. And this is where we do our little COA. We are not going to get, one, everything right, or two... (laughs) Into things as deep as you can go, because there's some stat levels that I didn't even knew existed in this game. Yes, and there's a lot of it that I like that it's there and I'm interested in, but it's not really necessary to beat this game one player, which is how I played it. You know, I, we didn't really, I didn't have a way to link up with anybody playing this 20 year old game. <laughs> so there, there is something that that is kind of lost there, I think. Yeah, I also did the same. I wasn't playing to uh, fight someone. And it does come into play a lot more when you do. Uh, my son is a avid Pokemon player and he does do Pokemon battles mm-hmm. with his friends and I, maybe people on the Internet. I guess as a parent, I should know these things. But, <laughs> um, and he and his friends, they go through like the minutia of, you know, the inner qualities of Pokemon before and after you evolve it and trade it and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But here in our show, we're going to do the kind of more basic approach. Yeah. Because we are a couple of basic guys. Basic dudes. Yes. So at its most basic form, uh, Pokemon are creatures that exist in this world. Uh, You know, once they are part of your party, they can, you can use them to attack. They level up. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that more in a moment. And sometimes when they level up or through other various means, they can evolve into different forms. Pretty cool. But uh, the thing that you have to know about every Pokemon is that each one has a specific type. Yeah, which is an elemental system, you know, kind of rock, paper, scissors, but much, much more complex. Yes. And as the games go on, they actually do add more types of Pokemon. Yeah, I've seen that. (laughs) So just remembering, you know, the the type tree or whatever can get a little complicated. Oh, definitely. So let's go through them real quick. There are normal type Pokemon. Uh Uh-huh. 
Well, and we should mention too that in addition to your Pokemon having types, your actions, your attacks do as well. So your your Pokemon type will determine how well other things happen to you. But when you're attacking, like you can have a normal type Pokemon with a fire attack or something later. So it's, it's a you, you kind of got to keep an eye at which end of the damage exchange you're on. First up, we have the normal type Pokemon. Yes, maybe the most common, but they're usually just like a creature, like the, the Rattatat or whatever. Yeah, and lots of almost every Pokemon will have at least one normal attack, at least to start mm -hmm. with. And a normal attack is weak against rock Pokemon and useless against a ghost type Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, normal type Pokemon are weak against fighting attacks. Yes. Uh, then we have fire type Pokemon, and their chart gets a little more confusing. Uh, and if you haven't guessed, we are looking at a chart because at no point was I confident enough to remember what was good against what outside of a few rare exceptions. Oh, no. Well, and, you know, we, we did say it's it's more complicated because if you think of fire attacks and your fire defense, they're not mirror images. No. So like a fire attack would be weak against another fire or a water type Pokemon, but as well as rock or dragon types, but it's strong against mm -hmm. grass, ice, and bugs. Yes. Uh, then we have water type and fire type, by the way, of course, Charmander, Flareon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, then we have water type, one of your other starters, the uh, good old Squirtle. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of water Pokemon, too. One of the more common ones, I think, in, in certain areas, you know. Oh, yeah, my favorite Pokemon, which we'll and, get to later. <laughs> and uh, water water types are strong against fire, ground, and rock, but are weak against water, electric, grass, and dragon types. Uh, elusive dragon type. I didn't we'll yeah. get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have electric types, which are strong attacks against water fl and flying, but cannot yep. affect the ground at all. Yeah, and are, which makes yeah. sense. I like a lot of these things have like an internal logic that I like. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And it has its own, like you said, a logic that is it's it's unique to this game kind of compared to other previous elemental systems and RPGs. Mm -hmm. And electric also is weak against or doesn't do well against electric types, grass types, or of course, dragon types. That dragon's a strong one. Uh, then we have the grass type and electric, by the way, come on, Pikachu, we all know. You know this. Grass type is your Bulbasaur. Yeah, yeah. And they are strong against water, ground, and rock types and are weak against fire, other grass types, poison, flying, and bug types. And once again, the dragon types. <laughs> uh, then we have the ice type Pokemon, which is interesting that that is different from water. It, yes, it definitely is, and it's kind of kind of weird, but especially because a lot of your water Pokemon can learn ice moves. Yes, that's uh, and and that's kind of one of the key takeaways of this is that it's like you have your attack type versus your Pokemon type. Yes, and in the case of ice, you're going to do very well against grass types, ground types, flying types, rock types, and dragon types. Mm -hmm. While not doing well against fire, water, and other ice types. Oh, then we have your fighting Pokemon. By the way, I don't know any ice Pokemon off the top of my head. I'm sorry. They're all super late. It's it's one of these, I don't know, you can kind of tell there are certain types that are not as common. You know, they're they're rarer and seem to come more in the late game. I feel like ice is the same way. Mm -hmm. But fighting Pokemon, such as Mankeys and Primates and stuff. They're kind of like my, one of my favorite groups. See, this was a weird group that I never really messed with because, well, while they are very strong against normal type Pokemon, right? 
Mm-hmm. They're the only ones that are advantageous attacking them. They're also very strong against ice and rock types. Yep. But they are weak versus poison, flying psychic, and bug types and cannot hurt the ghosts. Yeah. And then we have our poison group. Yeah. Another weird one, too, in that I would always think of it as like plant types and poison types are you seem similar anyways, like plants attack. I, I don't know. And, you know, another thing we haven't mentioned, which we'll get into more when we talk about all the Pokemon specifically, is Pokemon can be of two types at the same time as well. Absolutely. So you always want to check to see what you're what you're blended with. You can have double weaknesses or double or double strengths, super effectivity. And the poison is very good versus grass and bugs and weak against poison, ground, rock and ghost Pokemon. And that brings us to ground types. Yeah, also different from rock type. Which is a little weird at first, but you will find that ground attacks are strong versus the fire, electric, poison, and rock. other rock types. Weak against grass and bugs and cannot affect the flying type. Yeah, so be careful. Which is uh, our next type. Yes, let's talk about the flying type. Of course, the flying type is most your bird creatures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which are good against rat. Or <laughs> they're good against grass poison and bug type pokemons that are weak against electric and rock next up is one of my favorite groups the psychic group oh yes i wish i had more of these when i played through yeah very good against your your fighting and poison types and is only weak against other psychic attacks then we have bug pretty common yeah yeah and easy to tell which one's a bug come on oh sure yeah (laughs) your your caterpies beedrills Kakunas, yes, yes. And uh, bugs are effective attackers against grass and psychic, weirdly enough. I kind of wish I would have had more bugs in my squad now. Um, I and tried to, but <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't, they weren't doing it for me. They, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, and these bugs are weak versus fire types, fighting types, and flying types, as well as ghost types of attacks. We've mentioned them before. Here we go. The rock types. These are your geodudes. Etc. Uh, one of my standards. I was game. yes, I used the Geodude for a long time, and you'll find them to be useful in attacking fire, ice, flying, and bug type Pokemon while being weak against ground and fighting attack. And then our final two, the rarest. Yes, we have ghost Pokemon kind of mentioned before. They're strong against the psychic Pokemon and cannot be hurt by normal attacks. I really wanted to use a ghost pokemon more i but i didn't i had one that i used till the end okay but i think there's only one you can get right (laughs) so or maybe i'm wrong and finally the dragon type perhaps the mightiest of all which is only really good at attacking other dragon yes but as we heard in other ones yes the dragon is defensively strong against several many many other ones yeah and that's it for the types of pokemon and the reason we went through that whole list is because it, it's very useful to know that before we move on to the our next topic which is of course battles the main way you interact with the world of pokemon is through battling yes this is the meat of the experience either through fighting another pokemon or you know fighting randos just standing around on your way to another town yeah if you get too close to them they will run up to you Say something that's usually hilarious and then attack you. Uh, kudos to whoever wrote to translate this game. Mm-hmm. They made me laugh out loud multiple times. Yeah, it's just one of the best localizations I've seen, especially from a game this old. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably mention it again later, but when a fisherman ran up to me and yells, I'd rather be working. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, I it's died. hilarious. It was yes. great. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, at its most basic, when you enter battle, you change perspectives. You are now behind your Pokemon, mm-hmm. and you choose the order in which your Pokemon will come out. Yeah. And it's very important because the very beginning, you don't actually get to choose. It's just whatever your top Pokemon in is the first one deployed. Right. And for the vast majority of the game, this was the Pokemon I was trying to level up. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to do it because the experience isn't doled out to the entire quote-unquote party of up to six. It's only the ones that participated in this fight with this specific Pokemon. Yeah, you get experience after each Pokemon you defeat. So if you're in the wild and you're only fighting one, you get at the end of that. If you're fighting a trainer that has six Pokemon, you'll get experience six times, one after each each Pokemon you defeat, and then that Pokemon is split amongst the different Pokemon that fought it. Because at any point during a battle, you can switch your Pokemon, you know, any of the ones you have as your six main. Yeah, it's, I did it a lot. You don't want to do it too much because you kind of lose a turn to the mm-hmm. enemy because in a one-on-one battle, it's, it's that can be tough, but it's the, the great way to balance your experience intake for whoever, like you said, you're trying to level up so you can keep switching back to them so they get a chunk of each experience reward yeah especially when they're like a super low level character you don't have to worry about them taking any damage or anything like that you can just get them experience level them up until they can handle their own fights yes now when you are in battle mode you have your character at the bottom left the enemy character at the top right and you get to see their level and the amount of hit points they have yes although you really just see a meter and not a number for them but that is correct you can see your hit points as a specific number And then you will also see any status ailments that are inflicted upon you or them. And you want to pay attention to this because a lot of these ailments will not go away at the end of a fight. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Now, during a battle, you have the four options we we talked a little about. We have fight, item, Pokemon, and run. Now, Mm -hmm. Pokemon is how you switch between your different uh, party members. Yes. Run is, of course, running away. And just like most RPGs, it's like a percentage chance you'll get away and if you don't you just have to keep fighting i didn't do it much but i never failed so i don't know how hard it truly is correct there was one chunk that i did it a ton because i was going further than i should have been oh okay uh but then agreed i never i never i think i failed once item is where you can use any of the items you're going to use in battle and we'll talk about the items more in a moment Uh, but it's all about the fight yes you in the fight have up to four options yeah And those are your different quote unquote attacks. Now, most Pokemon start with just one or two. And as they level up, they get more or you can give them more. And each one of these attacks has its own elemental type or whatever as well. So you you get a little variety within your specific Pokemon of what types of attacks they have or you can give them. Usually start off with a bite or a scratch or something. And mm -hmm. you add on to that with more special types of attacks which are your flamethrower or your you know water attacks and it's nice though because a lot of times pokemon will also be able to learn attacks that aren't specifically in their one lane yeah so sometimes water pokemon can learn ice moves and things like that which gives them more utility oh yeah way more now each move also in addition to having its own set of stats on like how much damage it does and etc can be either a normal attack or a special attack yeah or and that decides which kind of your pokemon stats it's using and their stats are attack 
defense, speed, and special, and which is interesting from what little research I've done because while well, I, I didn't utilize this much, I guess in future games, the special is divided into two stats where you have special attack and defense, mm-hmm. but here it's both. So there, there are ways to use that to your advantage. Yeah. And of course, attack is how much damage they do with their normal attacks. Defense is how much they defend. Speed is important because it determines who goes first yeah. of the two Pokemon hitting each other. And that can be the difference between taking no damage at all or taking a hit. Yeah. And, and I believe higher speed makes critical hits more likely as well. Oh, okay. I could totally see that because I have a character that always criticals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have that special attack, which is the uh, amount of damage a special move will do or defend. Mm-hmm. But that's not all, because each <laughs> attack also has its own number of uses. Yeah, these are your PP, which is yes. Pokemon points, I guess. I'll go with it. Power points? I don't know. <laughs> but it's your magic points, essentially, for each attack. Really, it's more like ammunition, I guess, is a better way to put it. Yeah, and you can use items to refill it. Or the drill key factor, and we'll get to this more later, is that when you visit a Pokemon Center, you can heal your Pokemon, but it also replenishes these PP for all of its moves. Yes, and this is free. Now, as moves get more intense as the game goes on, they usually have less PP, so you can only do them like 10 times or 5 times, where your you know more basic moves, you can do 30. Yeah. And the battle plays out turn by turn. Yeah, you, you each, you know... One by one, we'll take turns. And once a Pokemon is defeated, it is gone. And if you're playing against a a human, they can bring out their next Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you choose whether to keep your same Pokemon or for free, you can then, not losing a turn, switch your Pokemon at this point. Yeah, so if you're really trying to level someone up, switch them back. Always. (laughs) Whoever the weakest one is, switch them back and then switch them again the very next round. But if you are fighting in the wild, once you have a Pokemon down to a certain level of hit points you can do it at any time but the weaker it is the better chances you have of throwing a pokeball using the item yeah and then it will shake and if they are weak enough the dice roll in your favor you will then capture that pokemon and they will be added to your pokedex i hear it also often helps if you hit them with some sort of status ailment yes like a sleep or something like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then if you capture that pokemon it will Join your party if you have space, but you probably won't after the early parts of the game. So it'll go to a kind of computer Pokemon bank that you can access at pretty much every town. Uh, You are muted, sir. Yeah, and we'll get into the PC slash bank in a moment, but that is your basic combat overview. Yeah, and one extra thing is that you do earn some sort of currency from fighting trainers, but not from fighting random Pokemon. Correct. So you can't grind for money, only for experience. Yeah. And what is that currency? It looks like, is it like Poke Yen or something? It I looks think like so, a, yeah. I was like, it, it's like a yeah weird Yen symbol parody. I don't know. I like it. So once you're out of battle uh, and you pause, you can check your Pokedex, which will show you every Pokemon you've encountered, which mm-hmm. ones you've captured. And the ones that you've captured, you get more data on. Yeah. It's fun because you can also like hear its cry. Yeah, yeah. And you can see like if you own it, all that fun stuff. But the real meat and potatoes information you need is where you select the Pokemon in your party and you can check out its stats. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point, not only can you see all those stats we talked about, you see its type, but you can also, uh, more importantly, see its level and how many experience points it needs to get to the next level. Yeah. Every time it goes up a level, it does get more hit points. Its Uh stats increase. 
Uh, and then there's also at certain levels, most Pokemon learn new moves. Yeah. And it also depends on what stage of their evolution is too. There, there's some weirdness there where you can learn moves sooner or later, depending on if you wait to evolve. Correct. And a lot of Pokemon will also evolve at certain levels. Yeah. But that is not the only means of evolving. Sometimes to evolve, you need to use items. Yeah, there's some quite a few special items that are specifically for that, I believe. So let's talk about items real quick. Already. You know, two of the most common items you're going to find, and we'll get into those more, I think, as we go through the walkthrough, are TMs and HMs. Yeah, and which are what? Technical machines and hidden machines, I believe. Correct. And technical machines are new moves that can be taught not to any Pokemon, but ones that are able to learn that type of move. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> like we mentioned with the water Pokemon and ice moves for the most part. Yeah. And then HMs are special moves that can have a battle effect, but are also used outside of battle. Like cut to cut down plants that are in your way. Yeah. Uh, surf to get across water. There is a flash to illuminate things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's strength to push boulders. Yes. And fly to quick travel. Well, the best. Indeed. And uh, if you're smart or if your child tells you to, you create a character or two that is an HM mule. Yes. And they are specific characters that you just load up all of your HMs onto when you need to move around. You see, the, the interesting thing about these HMs and TMs is that while they do teach a move to a Pokemon, any Pokemon can only ever hold up to four moves. Correct. So you are kind of losing a slot there for your attacks. Once you use a TM, that TM is now gone. Mm-hmm. And whatever you taught to that Pokemon is in their you know move list. But if you want to learn a new move at any point, you can replace that move. Yeah. Now, HMs, once you've taught a Pokemon a move with an HM, you still have that HM. Yes. You, you can, can use it again on another Pokemon. Yeah, but which is nice. Once you've been taught an HM, that Pokemon can never replace that HM move. Oh, okay. Which can be a pain because now you've permanently lost a slot on that Pokemon. So you definitely don't want to use it on any of your big, you know, main main guys. Right, right. That's wow. I didn't know that. (laughs) I got lucky, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Now, just like any good RPG, there are two types of items. There are one that are story items that you carry around and use to further the plot or open Mm -hmm. doors or whatever. And then there are the consumable items. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about these consumable ones, because I think the plot based ones we'll talk about more as we go through the game, because, well, you have to have them. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, we forgot to mention the various status ailments that are in the game. Oh, yes. So let's digress for just a moment and let's talk about these status conditions. Okay. because they don't follow the same conventions as you would in every other one. Yeah. Or every other RPG you've played. Right, right. Uh, There is burn. Yeah. And that is just during the battle. You are on fire and you lose extra hit point with each round that you are still burning. Okay. It also reduces your attack. Oh, I see. There's confuse. Uh, confused Pokemon have a 50% chance of causing damage to themselves mm-hmm. or the other player. Yeah. And after the battle, that one is also gone. Right. Uh, there is flinch. Things that make you flinch means you can't attack the next round. Yeah, which sometimes it's just like you'll attack them mm-hmm. and though it'll be like, Rattata flinched, and it just loses round. It's like a sweet bonus. Yes. There's freeze, and th- that is where they can't attack until they are unfrozen. Uh-huh. There is paralyze. Yeah, and I saw this. <laughs> this is confusing, because a lot of times you think of paralysis as like being able to do nothing. Right. But paralyzed Pokemon, 
they just have extremely low speed and your right. attacks fail half the time. Right. Which is still super annoying. Yeah, yes, it is. And that is not ended at the end of a battle. Yeah, you either have to heal it with an item. Will it go away eventually? I don't think just, so. Yeah. Only through rounds of combat. Gotcha. It will eventually. Uh, then we have poison. Now, it is fairly common. You just lose you know, hit points after each turn like you would. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, this does not end after a battle. And every time you walk as a Pokemon outside of battle, the screen shakes uh, every four steps and you take more damage. Yeah. And then finally, we have sleep. And a sleeping Pokemon cannot attack. And it will wake up at some point. And it, that one is cured at the end of battle as well. But it is pretty cool because if you put someone to sleep and they switch that Pokemon out, like it's still asleep while it's not being used. And when it comes back, it's still sleeping. I use sleep a lot. S same with all of those. Uh, burn, all those things. As long as you know, you're know you still in that battle, that ailment, uh, that status effect is still on any Pokemon, even if they're not actively being used. Right. And we had to get that out of the way because so many of the items you find do fix these things. Yeah, there's a ton. There are. And we are going to go through this very quick. Let's do it. There is, in alphabetical order, antidotes. Yep. You know it. Cures poison. Awakening. Mm -hmm. Cures sleep. There is another level of items that we haven't even mentioned yet, and that is the elements, the supplements for your Pokemon, yeah. such as our next one, uh, calcium. And each of these increases a stat for that one Pokemon. Yeah. And for the most part, I gave them all to my number one, my, my, my starter. Although a couple of them, when I had a character that annoyed me with a deficiency, I would definitely try to bring it up with these. Mm -hmm. Such as the slowness of my Geodude. Yeah, I can see that. There is Calcium, and that increases the special level. There are Carbos, and that increases your speed. Mm -hmm. There is a item called Dire Hit, which I never used or even remember seeing. Yeah. That increases your attack effectiveness just for that one battle. Right. There is an elixir, which can be used in and out of battle. And most of these can be used either in or out of battle, by the way. Yes. If they're used in battle, that takes up a turn. And an elixir will give a Pokemon 10 PP across all of their attacks. Okay, cool. Uh, there is the escape rope, which I probably should have used more than I did. Oh, I used quite a few of these. <laughs> and that gets you out of any dungeon cave building or whatever. Yeah. And takes you back to the last Pokemon center you were at. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is super cool. There is the ether. It gives you 10 PP to one attack or ability. Yeah, which, you know, hey, take it. Uh, and then there are a whole other category of items that are the evolution sparks or whatever you want to call them. They are the thing you need to cause an evolution in a Pokemon. Yeah, they're all stones pretty much, right? Yeah, such as the fire stone. And of course, yes, it means a special fire Pokemon can evolve. Yeah. There is fresh water you can get in the game. It restores 50 hit points, but it also quenches people's thirst. Keep in mind. Yeah. There is full heal and full restore. Those do exactly what you would think. One is for hit points. One is for ailments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there are various types of Pokeballs. There's not only your normal Pokeball. There is the Great Ball. It is more effective than your standard Pokeball. Oh, yeah. There is an item that is an HP up. It will increase the hit points of a character by one point. There's a Hyper Potion. It will give you 200 hit points back. There is a special Ice Heal that heals frozen Pokemon, but... I mean, useless. Uh, <laughs> iron given to a Pokemon will increase its defense level. There is a Leaf Stone to evolve certain grass Pokemon. You can also find Lemonade, which is a 80 points of hit point restorer. Mm -hmm. There is the Master Ball, and the Master Ball has a 100% catch rate. There's only one of them. 
Yes, and there's a very specific reason to save that Pokeball. Yeah. And in the games following this, there will be many more types of Pokeballs. Sure, or I, so I hear. There are max elixirs, ethers, potions, does everything you would think. Yep, full. Just like their smaller versions. Yeah, yeah, full restoration of, of whatever power. There is a max repel and a normal repel, and those will keep random encounters from not happening. Yeah, I used a few of these when I would find them. I just found that running was easy enough. Yeah, if I didn't want to fight. <laughs> and most of your wild creatures can be killed in one or two hits anyway. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there is the max revive that not only restores all of your hit points, but revives you from death. There is the moonstone, which, uh, you know, it's very specific Pokemon need to evolve. Mm-hmm. You will get a few gold nuggets throughout the game, and those can only be sold. There's, they have no other purpose, but they do net you 5,000 Poke Yen. Sure. There is a special heal for paralysis, the paralyzed heal. There's your standard potion. Gives you a measly 20 hit points back. Yeah, it's the I, first type you'll find. There is a PP up that will increase the PP uh, of a certain move or a character. There's protein, which increases the attack level of your creature. Then there is the rare candy, which is extremely important. And that increases your experience level by one. Yeah. So you want to save on to those, hold them towards the end of the game when it's much further in between levels. Now, this is something kind of tricky, though. I mean, it would not matter on a one-player game, but I was reading about EVs and these other things that are going on behind the under the hood, so to speak. And you do gain some stats from, I think, just fighting Pokemon and stuff that you, you won't get from a rare candy level up. Like, if you compare... Okay. A character that has gained three levels or and one that has just used three rare candies, the one that actually leveled up will have some slightly higher stats, I guess. Okay. But uh, it didn't bother me, so. <laughs> uh, we have your classic revive that will revive a fainted Pokemon, because another thing we didn't mention is that no Pokemon die. This is a very uh, gentle world in that aspect. Yeah, you just faint. You can get a soda pop. It gives you 60 hit points back. Uh, 10 more than the super potion, which gives you 50. There is a super repel that will get rid of everything trying to attack you. You'll be safe. Uh-huh, There's uh-huh. your Thunderstone. It evolves Pikachu, and I think Pikachu only. There is the Ultra Ball, slightly better than a Great Ball. Oh, yeah. The, the Water Stone, needed to get that Vapirion or other certain special water Pokemon. And then finally, we have the entire X category of super useless items. The <laughs> X Accuracy, Attack, Defend, Special, and Speed. And those are all boosts to those stats temporarily only yeah. for one battle which makes them not worth it at all i mean yeah. they're probably really good at some point but i just i never use a single one i sold them all instead of them taking up space in any of my inventories i wish i yeah i i was running out of room for many items so i was just like using them towards the end just to get rid of them you know to get that space yeah. back so now that we've talked about items we should talk about how you store those items but before we get there let's talk about the two main things you're going to find in every town your Pokemon Center, and your Poke Mart. Yes, they are in every town pretty much. Your your Poke Center is where not only where you go to heal all your Pokemon for free, but it's, it's where also, Nurse Joy works. Yeah, and there's uh, computers there that you can use to access the Pokemon and item storage systems. It's also where you would trade Pokemon if you had human friends that yeah. wanted to trade things with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and is that where you battle as well? Yes. Okay. And uh, the big thing is that this is where you come to heal your Pokemon for free. Mm-hmm. But most importantly is where there's always a PC. Now, sometimes there's PCs in other places. Right. 
but you can always access one at the Pokey Center. Yeah. And once you get to the PC, you are given three options. You can use someone's PC or Bill's. Uh-huh. You can use your own. Right. Or connect to Professor Oaks. Yes, and they all have a different purpose. Like your PC is your item storage area. So like you said, there are different things you can access by accessing each computer. If you access Professor Oak's computer, he will rate your Pokemon. Yeah, and your Pokedex collection. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you access your PC, you can store items there and you can withdraw items as well. Mm-hmm. And how many? I don't know how many you can store on your person. I think it's maybe 20. That sounds about right. And they all stack. So if you have a stack, you know, that doesn't count as two. Two of the same items just counts as one slot. Yeah. And in the PC, you can store, I think, an additional 50 or somewhere around there. Yeah. But if you're putting a lot of TMs in there and things, that storage will fill up pretty quickly. Yeah, mine did. <laughs> and then you have to bug your children as to which ones you can sell and which ones you need to keep. Yeah. <laughs> but the most important of the storages is Bill's computer. And Bill is a Pokemaniac that figured out how to store Pokemon in computers. Yes, via the information superhighway. Yeah. And in his computer, there are 20 boxes, and each box can hold 20 Pokemon. Which is a lot, because there's only 150 different ones, right? Or 152? Yes. So you got plenty of room for Pokemon. And like you said earlier, when you capture a Pokemon in the wild, if your pockets are full, that Pokemon will be sent to whatever the last box you used was. Yeah, you'll have to go to a Poke Center to pick it up. And I kept one box, of course, number nine as the box that was just my my good Pokemon, the ones I was going to be changing between different scenarios and stuff. I see. See, I uh, I filled up one box, and that's it. I had one... Uh, I had, think I had one Pokemon that was in my second box. Oh, I had like four boxes. I am... Well, yeah, I'm not a collector type, so... <laughs> I was trying to catch every Pokemon in each area before I moved on. Okay, okay. And once a Pokemon is stored in that box, you can, you know, withdraw it just like you would an item. Yeah. As long as you have room for it in your six slots. Now, in this game, uh, there are no lives. There is no health for you, the player character. In fact, if all of your Pokemon are defeated, you're not dead. You just have to make your way back to a Poke Center. Yeah. Which I like. I think that's it gets rid of one of my biggest complaints about old RPGs. And that's just the entire loss of time. Yeah. When you haven't saved. Yeah. Yeah. It's either time or money. But you mentioned that you can save anywhere you want. Anytime you want in this game. It's pretty cool. It is extremely cool. And you should. You should save all the time. Yeah, yeah. And if you're playing on a physical cartridge, you may uh, have been alarmed to find out, at least back then, because it was one of the first ones to do it, that you only get one save per cartridge. Oh, sure. Yeah. I know that was a big deal because that, that before that, it was always like there was at least two, three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on like the first Final Fantasy just had one slot on NES. Hmm. Some games seem to easily be able to have more. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure the main reason they did that was so that your brother would have to buy his own copy of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There wouldn't be anyone's trade, you know, using the same game for multiple family members. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I beat around the bush at the beginning of my history section, and I'll get into it a lot more later. But in America, this came out as red and blue. Mm -hmm. And each cartridge does have different Pokemon on it. There are a lot that are the same between both cartridges. Yeah. But there are a few that are only available on one or the other. Yeah. There's like, what, about 10 a piece mm -hmm. or, or so? And we'll point that out when we go through the Pokemon one by one. 
Sure. Next week, we will continue Pokemon. Woo! As we go deeper and deeper into Pokemon Red and Blue. So if you haven't played this game, well, you're probably our age or older. <laughs> and we suggest finding a copy of this game and playing it any way you can. That's right. And if you want to let us know, what's your favorite Pokemon? What's your favorite Pokemon type? But only G1, okay? I don't want to hear about any of these crazy later generation Pokemon. Yeah, no dark or steel Pokemon. I don't know what that means. That's a foreign language to me. But if you like bug types, you like Caterpies, I don't know. Let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. We'll add you to our pod Pokedex. Podkey decks. Podkey decks. Yes. There we go. Let's... And of course, you could also get in touch with us on Facebook at Cartridge Command or on Twitter at Cart Command, where we let you know when new shoes shoes drop or shows drop. Uh, you know, whenever the Cartridge Command shoes come out, we will make sure you know that those are available. <laughs> but more often, it's it's shows, not shoes. Yeah, if the show is on another foot. And of course, we must go out of our way to say. A special thank you to all those awesome and wonderful folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is their support that makes this show possible. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we just do this show in our spare time for fun. And it is the support we get from all of our fans and friends that yeah. pay for new audio uh, cords when things go bad, as you heard possibly last week or <laughs> hosting fees or very soon the gas money it takes to drive across the great state of Ohio so that we could record together. Whoop, whoop. So thank you all so very, very much. Yes, from the bottom of our hearts. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Gotta catch them all. P.S. I probably could have gotten Abby's quiz, this week, because my daughter has been listening to Techno Syndrome a lot <laughs> since we watched that movie. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, that's a good song, man. It is. I can't I can't complain. Unlike a lot of the songs that she plays in our house that then get added to my Apple Music like list. That one I can't complain about. Yeah, right. You love Baby Shark. Uh, we're way past Baby Shark, but <laughs> it's still to have I don't know the theme song to whatever Pokemon movie come out of nowhere or yeah. <laughs> et cetera. Etc.